So today we're going to be talking about God of all destinations. Now this staff, it doesn't really have any sentimental meaning to me. Actually, I borrowed it from Pastor Heath because I didn't have one. But it doesn't have any sentimental meaning to me. But, but as we go through the scripture tonight, I hope and I pray that this staff has the same spiritual meaning to you that it has to me. Because this staff, I believe, and we'll go into a little bit deeper of detail later on, but this staff, I believe, has three purposes. And we're going to be going, uh, if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles, we're going to be going through Psalm 23. This staff has three purposes. It has, it has uh, one purpose for protection. It has one purpose for correction. And it has one purpose um, I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> protection, correction, and um, comfort. I'm sorry. Protection, correction, and comfort. And here in a little bit, we're going to go into a little bit more detail about that. But we're going to get into the Word. I'm going to go ahead and uh, uh, just pray as before we get there. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just pray that tonight, God, that your Holy Spirit would just begin to speak to people, God, as the Word is brought forth. Let it not be my words, God, but your words, God. And so tonight, I just pray that... that that as we begin to get into your word and dig deep, God, that, that uh, we find, God, this, that this staff, what it means spiritually to us, God, tonight, that you would just begin to do things and mighty work in each and every person in this place tonight, God. We love you and we thank you, and it's in your name that I pray. Amen. So, Psalms 23, it says this. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. Some versions um, say he makes me lie down in green pastures, and that's the one we're going to focus on. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength, and he guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name even when I walk through the darkest valley. I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23 has always been one of which that we can turn to when we're faced with trials. I know for me, uh, trials and difficult times, um, which is completely okay because that's what the scriptures are for. They're there for us to turn to whenever we're faced with trials and hard times and, and, and things that we need to be corrected on and, and this and that. And it's a, it's, a, it's a map for our entire lives of where we should go and what God would have to do in our lives. And I've used these exact same verses to comfort me in my times of need and desperation. But during this, uh, the, the time that... King David uh, was writing this psalm. It's really hard to tell what exactly was going on in King David's life. I've heard a lot of different scenarios, a lot of different things that they say that he could have been, uh, he could have been a shepherd boy. That some people believe that that he was a shepherd boy because it's a shepherd psalm, and that's where he comes from. That's what he used to do, was shepherd sheep. That's what he did. Some people say that he was a bit older though, and we find that, and I, that's what I, that's what I believe too, because we find that. As we read through the psalm, he was old enough to have enemies. He was also old enough, um, he was old enough to have enemies. Um, he experienced prosperity, he experienced danger, and he experienced rest. So he experienced all these emotions. And from the commentaries that I had studied while preparing this message, we believe that he would have been a bit older when he wrote the psalm. And so tonight I want to take the next 20 minutes or so, however long it takes me to break this portion of Scripture down, because I believe that someone here tonight needs to be encouraged and lifted up. And so tonight, 
I would like to take you on a journey through three destinations, the green pasture, the valley of death, and the house of the Lord. And that's where we're going to go tonight. And so our first destination is going to be the green pastures. We're going to make a stop in the pleasant and peaceful green pastures where there's plenty to eat, plenty to drink, and a cool breeze. Oftentimes, this is where we always want to stay because who wouldn't want to stay where you don't need anything? You've got everything you need. You've got your food. You've got your water. You've got your shelter. And um, for me, I go back to when I was a young boy visiting my grandparents' house in Warner, Oklahoma. I'm not sure if anybody knows where Warner, Oklahoma is, but it's not a very big town. It's up on top of a hill. But they have lots of land. Um, they have lots of land. They grow their food. Uh, they have their horses and their cattle. And I imagine the times where I would go for a walk out in the pasture, and it seemed like there wasn't anything better in life. And in that moment right there, than in that moment right there. The truth is, at that point in life, there really wasn't. And even as an adult, I've experienced this in those times where we've had money in the bank, we've had food on the table, we've had a roof over our head, and a bed to sleep in. Oftentimes, this is where we want to stay. And I'm sure for the psalmist, he wouldn't mind staying there also. But you see, even in the green pasture, we face difficulties and, time, and trials of all kinds. And as I begin to study the scriptures more, some key words stuck out to me. And uh, in verse 2, it says that, like I said, in, in, some, in some translations, it says that he makes me lie down in green pastures. So with that being said, we see God as Jesus as our great shepherd. And he's got his, he's got his staff. And uh, he's our great shepherd who leads us and directs our paths. And oftentimes, we get off track and God pursues after us. He goes after us. He leaves the 99 to find the one. And I find that so amazing that God, out of all these people, out of all these sheep, would leave all of them to go and find me because I was worth it. So we, we go off and we stray, and then we go off again, and we go off again, and he brings us back. Back then, the shepherd carried a staff with him. And here's where we get into the detail of, of the staff and what it really means. Because this week has been tough, um, and I've needed God to, to take his staff and to comfort me, and to, and, and to comfort me, to protect me, and to correct me. But some people believe that on one end of the staff, there was a point. On the other end, there was a fork. And then all this in between was a testimony of what God had did for, what God has done for that shepherd. So they would... As they, as they used the, the one end to protect their sheep, every time they would defeat an enemy or a bear or a snake or a serpent, whatever it may be, they would take that and they would carve in to their, they would carve in kind of like they would inscribe a date and I, I defeated a bear or, or a lion or whatever. And then they would go back to that and they would look upon that staff and they would say, this is what God has done for me. But it also was used for protect, or it was also used for correction on one end. They say that they would take the staff and they would prod the sheep to get them to go where they wanted them to go. But also, some people believe that the shepherd would actually take the take. And I read and I read this. I don't know if it's true or not. But they would take the staff and they would gently break the sheep's leg in order that it wouldn't stray off anymore, and that he would be able to take the sheep and to, and to, and to nourish it back to health, not completely get it to where it couldn't walk or couldn't follow along, but just enough to where the sheep wouldn't wander off anymore. And so that's just what I've come to find out. But 
he would do that, they would, they would gently break the leg in order for that, to, that the sheep wouldn't go off in the flock. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes God has to do that with me. Sometimes God has to say, okay, Christian, I'm going to take this. And he did it this week. He said, I'm, I'm going to do this, and you're not going to. And uh, so he breaks our legs. Or he lets us go through certain things in our lives. That way we have to come back to being in that right relationship and being dependent on him. So even in the green pastures where everything is meant to be peaceful, we still find ourselves going through trials and unfortunate circumstances. But sometimes the green pasture doesn't look exactly how we would like it to look or think it should look. But we have to learn to be okay with that because one thing is certain, no matter where we're at or what we're going through, God is still God in the green pasture. God is still God in the green pasture. And one thing that I've come to, to realize is that I have to be okay with, with going through these things even when life looks okay. But like, even what, like Pastor said this morning, maybe, maybe you, you think, well, I'm, I feel okay. Like I feel okay today, and I feel like I'm in a green pasture, but everything around you is falling apart. And maybe that's you. I don't know. But our next destination is the valley of death. And we know this is a place everyone wants to avoid because no one wants to be in the valley of the shadow of death. The name alone has a, a negative meaning, the valley of the shadow of death. And I mean, so between verse 1 and verse 4, we jump from one extreme to the next. We go from the green pasture to the valley of death, a place where God is strength and refuge to a place meant for death and evil. We go from one extreme to the next. And oftentimes we look at the green pasture and the valley of the death as two separate places. But to me, sometimes they can be the same place. The valley of the shadow of death and the green pastures could be the same place. Like I said earlier, the green pasture sometimes winds up being our valley of death because we don't see the things that are going on around us. We're blind to the things in this world that are falling apart around us whether we're, whether we say, okay, just, just one drink will be okay. Just one. It'll be okay. One look will be okay. It'll be okay. Don't worry about it. I'm not really going to fall that deeply into it. But you see, that green pasture where you say, this feels okay, becomes your certain valley of the shadow of death. That you fall into this trap that the enemy wants you to fall into because sin makes you blind to the things of God. And so, but on the other hand, you have the valley of the shadow of death, which is supposed to be a negative place. But I've come to find that it can be an okay place to be because the valley of the shadow of death, even though it has a negative meaning, sometimes for me, I look at it as, well, God's protecting me from something that I don't need to go into. That promotion that you didn't get at work. God's protecting your character and integrity because those bosses or those people, those higher-ups, are going to ask you to do something that would have challenged your walk with God. And so he says, Christian, I know what's better for you. So even though that this looks like the valley of the shadow of death, it really is a green pasture. And I read at one point that, that a sheep would not drink from, that's what, when it says that a, he leads us beside peaceful waters or peaceful streams, they, they, they say that the sheep will not drink from anything that's moving too fast or moving too swiftly. But sometimes we have to learn to, 
drink from the raging waters in the valley of the shadow of death and be okay with that. And so tonight, you know, the valley of the shadow of death and, you know, the uh, green pastures could, be, could very well be the same place. And I believe that, uh, I believe that someone here tonight, I believe that God has a word and God wants to speak to you to say that you may feel like you're in the valley of the shadow of death, but if you would just take time to sit still and say, I've, he's got this. God's going to take care of it. And if you feel like you're in the green pasture, maybe we need to reevaluate some things in our life and to say, well, this really isn't the thing that I thought it was, or it doesn't look like I look like it would, or it doesn't look like what it seemed to be. Even though... Even though the psalmist went through times of prosperity and luxury, he still veered off the path, and now and now and then into the valley. And sometimes we don't see the good circumstances of the valley because we're so focused on the negative aspects of it. Looking back on my life and all the times that I've found myself and still do in the valley, I look back and I see a testimony of God's goodness and his mercy, which brought me out of the pit. I look back and I see this staff that, that has all this, all this stuff that I've gone through. All these things, it says, I, I read in some commentaries that they would take their staffs, the shepherds would, and they would sit around this campfire and they'd pass around their staffs and they would tell the testimonies of what God had done for them, that they, that they made it through this time in their life and this time in their life. And I look back on my spiritual staff. Like I said, this staff right here has no meaning to me whatsoever, but spiritually it means everything to me. Because I look back and I see the things that God has done for me throughout my entire life. And the things that he's brought me out of. And so I see his goodness and his mercy. And he, brought, and he brings us out of the pit. You see, sometimes the valley of death becomes our green pastures later in life. I remember a time when I felt like there was no hope of ever breaking through. And there was a time where I didn't feel like God was near. And as I look back on the testimony of God and the things and the trials that he brought, brought me out of, I can't help but be thankful for the valley and the testimony that God had given me. Sometimes in the valley we find our peaceful streams that later in life will help us continue to pursue God with all that we have. And today I want to encourage you that even though you may feel like you're in the valley of the shadow of death where everything is desolate and dry, remember that God is walking alongside of you every step of the way. And in time, you will see that God, what God is wanting to accomplish through the testimony that he's developing, the testimony that he's developing, the things that, the things that you're having to battle right now, the things that you're having to fight off later in life will become your peaceful stream, will become your calmness and your peace because you're going to look back. I keep a, uh, if we want to really go with a spiritual staff, I always keep a journal with me. I keep a journal that I write everything down in, the things that God does for me and the things that God does in my life, cool things, uh, sad things, happy things. But oftentimes I'll go back and I'll open up that old journal that's fallen apart. And I'll read. And I'll be like, oh, that is so cool. What God did for me right there, God can still do for me today. And I believe that, 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 that those things, those things that whenever we're in the valley, whenever we're in the green pasture, see, we have to, sometimes we get confused and we say, well, I, I feel like I'm in the valley of death, but not really. Like, I, I don't know. But just be assured that one day, you're going to look back on that staff or that journal or whatever it is that you keep, and you're going to say, God, thank you for your goodness and your mercy. 
Thank you for the love that endures forever and ever. And God's going to pull you out of whatever that you're, that, you're, that you're going through today. Our last and our final destination is the house of God, the house of the Lord. And oh, how we long for it to be our final destination of being his presence forever and ever. The psalmist puts it this way, Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What an awesome day that will be when we see him face to face. Oftentimes we want to just get to where we're going, wherever our final destination is. So whenever Brianna and I go on a road trip, she hates when I drive. Because I'm the type of person who's like, okay, we've got uh, nine hours on the road. I think I can make it there in seven and a half. Let's go. Like, I just want to get to where I'm going. Don't make any stops. Don't do anything. Like, we don't need a bathroom break. I can just go straight through ten hours. Like, ask her. I can just drive straight through. I don't have to stop. As long as we've got gas in the car, we're going. But she, on the other hand, she wants to stop along the way. She wants to take her time. She'll want to sit down somewhere to eat, you know, go to a restaurant and eat or shop around or sightsee. And it's just like, no, 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 no. We got, we're wasting daylight. Let's go. Let's get to where we're going, whether it's on vacation. If I'm on vacation, it's the same as if I'm going on a business trip. And so I just want to get to where I'm going. And, uh, but sometimes the problem with that is we get in such a hurry to get to our final destination that we miss out on all the things and the scenery around us. And we lose sight of the ultimate goal, which spiritually the ultimate goal as Christians, as believers, would be to take as many people on that journey with us as possible. To invite people to church, to lead someone to Christ, or just talk to them and plant that seed into their lives. Just like a road trip with my wife, this journey that we're on is like a personal road trip with God. And all he wants to do is to sit back, is for us to sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. And we might hit a few potholes on the way. But you see, the only time that we start hitting those potholes or the strips on the side of the road, um, and take those detours along the way, it only happens when we try to take hold of the steering wheel of our lives. And if we could just get to a place of trusting Him with everything that we have, eventually we're going to get where we're going. It's when we begin to do things on our own strength that the process takes a bit longer than it should. This thing called life that we're all walking through isn't easy, and we all face things in life that are unexpected and unfortunate. But one thing is for sure, that even in the green pasture, the valley of death, and most definitely the house of God, or the house of the Lord, God is still God even when we don't see the entire outcome. So that thing that you've been battling, whether it be sickness or spiritual, whatever it is, I want to encourage you that as as we're closing, we're about to close, I'm, I'm almost done, but tonight we want to spend some time in His presence. And let's take our needs before the throne room of God to press into his presence because change happens when we make a choice to enter into his throne room and to make ourselves vulnerable to his Holy Spirit. And tonight, I'm not, I, don't, I don't need the worship team. To, I, we're going to play a track up there because I want everybody to be able to experience what God wants you to do, what God wants him to do in your life tonight. And what I want us to do is, as they start the music, and you can go ahead and start that, track up there, that first one. As they start the music, I just want us to find a place and I want us to press into his throne room. That whether you feel like you're in the green pasture, the valley of death, or the valley of death, we all still face problems and issues in our life that are unexpected. And maybe you think that you're in the green pasture when 
certainly the, the world around you is falling apart. Or maybe you feel like you're in the valley of death. But really, God is saying, hang on. I've got this. Back off and let me take care of what I'm trying to do tonight. And so tonight, I just want us to find a place, wherever that is, if it's up here or if it's at your seat, if you're able to come up here, I encourage you to do so.